Girls Podcast. This is the podcast where gay, lesbian, trans, queer, bisexual people get together to talk about divas. Yes, and that's Nick Westray, and I am Jason Black. That's who we are. We're the hostesses. We are. Um, this podcast is this podcast, this queer stan fan podcast, is for the actual embodiment of magic. Mm, it's also for divas who are not ugly people. <laughs> this podcast is for the internally reigning Miss Australia. This Ms. is a podcast for women who are married to England. This is a podcast for talent, glamour, and the gift. Ooh, this is a podcast for blonde-haired, blue-eyed voodoo priestesses. This is a podcast for uh, vodka martinis with a twist of lemon. Who are we doing, babe? Who are we doing? I'm going to ask our guest. Who our guest we, this week is we stage have? manager extraordinaire Jacob Plummer. And Jacob, who's your diva? My diva? Well, when you said uh, blonde, blue-eyed uh, priestess, I thought you were talking about me. Oh. <laughs> Did you but start the gift in Diva, 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 diva in so. the house. Is, is a diva in the house talking me. about a diva? It's, it's not, not me. My diva is Miss Kate Blanchett. <gasps> the Whoa, queen kids. of cinema. It's finally kids. time. Kids. Oh. We're getting into the best actress over here. Um, this has been Long in the Tooth. This has been long in the making. A long yes, time coming, this episode. Um, give. Uh, how did we first get the idea to do this episode with you, Jacob? What is our origins of trying to do this the, episode? <laughs> the origin, the, this origin story started literally after your pilot episode. Mm-hmm. And I believe Nick reached out to me and said, that, you know, there are so many divas to cover. You should write <laughs> about your diva and send it in because we're going to do episodes where we're reading letters about people's divas. That's right, everyone. Back in the day when we first started this podcast, we used to say, tell us about you and your diva and write in. And we got so overwhelmed with the millions of letters, we realized <laughs> millions. we We were like possibly. Santa Claus of divas. We were like, <laughs> It was like a Miracle was... 34th Street moment. And we were like, we can't possibly read them all. We just, on the air, we just have to read them by ourselves <laughs> and then choose from these letters. Yes. And one of those letters in particular stuck out. That's right. <laughs> because it was written on a typewriter. Yes, it was. I, I admit I love typewriters and letter writing. So I did you this. You have an like, epistolary practice. I know. I, this, it's a three or four page single spaced on a mm-hmm. typewriter. It mm-hmm. must be at least 5,000 words. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is a, a true essay as if it were a college final that I was oh, submitting. Did you write your college essays on Cape Blanchett? Um, no, I didn't. You know, I, I studied, film was my minor, so I wrote plenty of, uh, plenty of papers, but I, I always did experimental cinema. And one thing I know we'll talk about is uh, Tin Cop. Blanchett loves experimental. <laughs> Pushing 10. <Yeah>. Pushing 10. <laughs> Loves experimental cinema, and she does that, but not when I was in college. She That was her, like, Lord of the Rings phase. So, yeah, so we got this letter, this typed letter about Kate Blanchett, and then we were like, we're going to do this episode, and somehow we didn't do it. I don't know why we kept putting it off, but finally we were going to do it for Christmas, because Kate is a true Christmas diva due to her film Carol that we're going to get to. And Jason, why couldn't we do it over Christmas? My mom almost died. 
And, That's right. And so we were, so we had to put a big old pause button just to, <laughs> on that because we my mom was dying. Keep your mom alive. <laughs> of COVID, and so uh, yeah, so we put we 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 didn't do. That. I also think Kate Blanchett is like this is like a negative term, but she does just represent like an ice queen to me. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, I feel like so many shots of her are this like angulared, almost like icicly face, mm-hmm. especially when she's like the villain in Hannah or something. Like, she just has this steel blueness to her. So, anyways, I also think like not just Carol, but she's also just like my ice queen. Yes. Yes. What do you think, Jacob? Am I right? You're you're totally right. I mean, she's so polished. Anytime you see her out and about with kids in a stroller, you know, taking a mm-hmm. taking a walk in Australia. Doesn't matter where she is. She looks really incredible and particular and put together and standoffish. She looks like someone you wouldn't you wouldn't approach, which I isn't I would not her. ever think of approaching her. Absolutely not. Right. She looks like the waspy mom that would, like, no matter what, tell every single person they look fat. Like, no matter how skinny you are, she's like, oh, you gained some weight, you look healthy. And you're just like, oh, oh, my God. First off, I'm so grateful that I was spoken to. And then, oh, my God, I have to change. Like, yes, she could yes. change me in a second. Just, yes. by, just by looking at me, I would be a different person. I tell you what. Everyone I know looks- in the theater who has had her come to their play and like she's come back afterwards has said she's super accessible and super friendly and loves theater people. Like obviously she runs a theater company. She's right. loves the people who make the plays. Right. A hundred percent. But I, Ice Queen is definitely the vibe. But I also think that's because she is a blonde who looks good in light colors. And that's that's a rarity. That's true. She's a blonde so, winter. Yeah, so she often wears like <laughs> yellows and light blues and very bright colors. And she's very pale and she's very blonde. She loves that, that really canary yellow. Didn't that. she do a canary yellow to the Oscars one year? Yes, yes. <sighs> it's so uh, yeah. Okay, so take us, maybe read us the beginning of your letter, Jacob. Okay, the letter. Beginning of the letter. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, some of it cuts off, but I'll, I'll do the best I can. So it says, uh, at the time that I am writing this, I've already made several failed attempts to write down my love and longing for the career work of a one Miss Kate Blanchett. It's not an easy thing to do. On a computer, the struggle, struggle was exacerbated by knowing everything I wrote down could be erased, should be erased, because let's face it, how is anyone supposed to do justice to their diva? Therefore, the only way to move forward with gumption and grace is to type this on an old-fashioned typewriter. There's no going back with typing. I can only move unapologetically forward. And to get myself in the mood, I've put on a Blanchette film. Thank God Hulu only had a couple streaming because to be tasked with choosing a film to watch while also having to uh, spit out this essay would have been very stressful. The film I put on, Blue Jasmine. It is perhaps my favorite performance by any actress in any film. And I say that fully conscious of the fact that it's a Woody Allen film. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, I mean, the beginning of this film starts with her drinking on a plane, chatting with her seatmate about how she met her husband. It's, uh, uh, this isn't in the letter, but I just have to say it's one of the most incredible openings to a movie because she's just 
talking to this woman, you, you are under the assumption she knows quite well. Um, and the, the opening monologue is... Um, well, then you proceed to type the entire opening monologue oh, from I Blue Jasmine. Oh, I type it all out. You it's, type it, it all out. With the beats, out. with the beats. I even like put <laughs> slashes where like she pauses. and it, it, There was no one like Hal. He met me at a party and swept me off my feet. Blue Moon was the song was playing. Do you, do you know Blue sure, Moon? Sure. Still remember that. You know, in one more year, and I would have graduated. But I quit BU to marry him. I mean, what the hell was I learning at school anyway? I mean, can you picture me as an anthropologist? <laughs> oh, is that a joke? It's it's one of the funniest things, and, and fast forward, this isn't in the letter anymore, but fast forward, you know, she gets to the end. The sex was always great. Well, he was nine years older than me. I mean, Christ, he'd already made and lost a fortune, but then he made it back, you know, more. I mean, much more. God, he was dynamic. Taught me everything I know about real lovemaking. Not that I care to get too graphic. Believe me when I tell you, I mean, they tried six different medications on me. Cocktails, they like to call them. The cocktail that ever helps is Stoli Martini. Never trusted doctors. Doctors put both my parents in early graves. You know, I have never been to San Francisco. Oh. And Hal and I traveled everywhere. Here, it's beautiful. I'll be staying with my sister, Ginger. She's divorced. I mean, biologically, she's not my sister. She's adopted. We're, we're both adopted. I couldn't stand her ex-husband. Used to hit her. That's mine, the Vuitton. And my plan is to start a new life out here. Get everything that's happened behind me and start fresh. Go west. Was it Horace Greeley who said that? Uh -huh. you know, say, oh, there's my family. It was really nice oh. talking to oh, I, I, I'll call you, maybe for lunch. I, I don't have your number. And this woman she's talking to grabs her bag uh, off the off the carousel at the airport, goes up to her husband, and she, and the husband goes, "Who are you talking to, babe?" What's that woman you were talking to? I was sitting next to her on the plane. She was talking to herself. I thought she said something to me. I said, "What?" But she couldn't stop babbling about her life. <laughs> well, she was like, I wasn't sure she was talking to herself. And then yeah. I think she was talking yeah. to me. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. That, I think it's just extra even funny if it's like, are you just speaking out loud or are you actually directing it? Oh my gosh, you might be doing it to me and then getting, oh, that's the worst. All talking on planes is the worst. Yes. All through that movie, though, people are like, are you talking to me? Because she has right. the character has this element of talking to herself and or anyone with ears. Uh huh. Yes. It is the pinnacle. I mean, it, technically the pinnacle because it's her best actress Oscar. Even though she deserved to win two more times for that award, but we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about the Jeanette, the Jasmine of it all. I mean, it's so incredible, and you learned so much in that early scene about her. I mean, she's at a carousel wheel in an airport and. She taps someone who's not this person next to her and goes, oh, the Louis Vuitton, that's mine. Like with the luggage, like that's the most important thing. She wants everyone in the airport to know that hers is the designer luggage, mm -hmm. even though we don't know it at this point. But of course, she's like, she's lost everything. And still she's in this fantasy of standing and going, that's, that's my designer bag that's being, you know, pushed around this carousel don't don't anyone else touch it but it yes. goes on from there i mean that that movie her range from like high upper class to her total meltdowns in a shower incomparable 
I think what she does so great is actually in the next scene when she gets into the house with her Louis Vuitton into her sister's house. And she does she does so many cartwheel acting moments in that where she starts judging the house, really letting her know mm-hmm. how broke she is. And then honestly saying, she's like, I'm broke. I, I, honey, everything's gone. Everything's gone. And she's like, and who knew first class could be so expensive? You flew first class? Oh, I don't know how anyone puts up with those airlines at all. Isn't first class a fortune? Yes, I was quite shocked. I, I thought you were tapped out. Uh, I'm worse than tapped out, baby. I've run up some serious debts. So how'd you fly first class? I don't know, Ginger. I just did. All I meant was if you've got no money to go first class. You know me. I splurge from habit. And it's just, <laughs> Kate's doing this like very like insane roller coaster of like just kind of taking everything in exactly as this woman is in this moment in time, like with her delusion, with her judgmentalness, you know, with her naivete. Like it's I just I think there's something like, that wow. I think the reason it sticks out as this performance and is the the one that she won the the big brass ring for, right? It's because we are so used to this ice queen thing or this control, this power from her because she has this ability to play powerful people and if we as we see in Carol and Elizabeth and Charlotte Gray like so many times she is or the Lord of the Rings she's this pillar of strength and to finally get this huge opus where she is the most broken fragile crazy individual you've ever met is really really exciting to see Kate Blanchett fall apart not just once but like 78 times in one movie Oh, totally, totally. And I love this movie so much that one time I was in San Francisco after this movie and I insisted on going to that place for brunch where she, they had brunch and drinks, mimosas. I can't think of the name, but I, but I looked it up. I was like, I have to sit and have a drink and think like, this is where she filmed this. Did you have but, a, sto- a dry Stoli martini straight up with a twist? I didn't. I'm not a vodka person. I'm a gin person, but I do love, I do love the idea of, of ordering stoli martini with a twist. That is pretty much my drink. I was really, I mean, my favorite part of the entire movie is when she Oh, who do I have to sleep with around here to get a stoli martini with a twist of lemon? Oh, yeah. Or she's at the, I got to say, one of my other favorite parts, you know, she's talking to the, what is it, her nephew, the little boy that she's babysitting. Uh-huh at the pizza parlor and she's drinking and she goes. This is it, this is the scene. Yeah. Tip big boys, tip big because you get good service and they count on tips. You know, someday when you come into great wealth, you must remember to be generous. And you're just like, oh my God, this woman's a lunatic. <laughs> and she does that in that opening scene Jason was talking about too. She gives the taxi cab driver a hundred dollars. Bringing her bags upstairs. She just hands him a crisp Hyundai. Oh yeah. Oh, and she doesn't want to give up, uh, uh, you know, uh, her sister points at the luggage as well and goes, they didn't take these. And she goes, would you stop staring at my luggage? Yes, it's Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Only because you just told me you have to sell it. Look, look, look. These are used old suitcases with my initials. Who'd want them? <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it is, it's such an amazing, and I know Woody Allen and everything. I do love Woody Allen for his superpower of giving amazing scripts to great actresses. And it is something that I will always love about him. And as much as we 
are not having any more Woody Allen movies, I can still be grateful for the female performances in the ones that exist. But definitely not for the hymns here. We're not for that hymn. We're not for the hymns. We're not for that <laughs> hymn. We are for all the hers who managed to do good work despite of that hymn. In spite of yeah. that hymn. And I'd also add, I mean, she's been very public about her time on that film. Um, she would often be asked about working with him as a director and has made shady comments of saying, if you can call it directing, um, you know. She, <laughs> oh, did she come for him? Yes. She did. She really has come for him. Um, and this was even pre, pre um, even the more, more critical eye of him and his work. Um, but talked about on her first day of work and shooting for that, um, he had come up and said, it's not great. <laughs> We're going to need to figure that out. And she has said very much, she goes, I know people will look at me and go, you know, I'm Kate Blanchett. I, I have an Oscar at this point. I, I get a lot of work, but I am an actor who, who will get in my head. If I, you go up and the director on day one, yeah. goes, it's not great. She kind of goes, what the fuck am I supposed to do (laughs) from there? That's so unhelpful. Like maybe you could give me a direction rather than just saying it's not great. So I have even more respect that she very much crafted that of her own frustration and experience on the film. I was realizing today, like she is really one of those actors who adds aesthetically so much to a film when she's put in it. She's making so many choices and she's, I think of uh, Penelope Cruz this way too. She understands genre in a very specific way and contributes to the genre that she's a part of. Right. Really, really dynamically. Mm-hmm. You know, she elevates a- it, right? She's, mm-hmm. it's, and I think we always praise realism and naturalism, and she's able to still continue to do that, but elevate it into a thing where I'm like, now I'm watching a movie. Oh, this is, mm-hmm. now I get to watch a film with someone acting. You know, it's like that kind of level yeah. of excitement for me. Yeah. I, yeah. I woke up this morning and watched Hannah, and her elevation watch in it every that year. is so fucking perfect. It's great. You know, I, I have a, a Hannah story. I hadn't seen that until... 2016, I, I did this Broadway show uh, that was uh, Eva Von Hova's The Crucible, which mm, starred Sersha Ronan. Yes. And, and my girl, Sophie Okonedo. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm just a huge fan of. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember, you know, the, the reason or, or the way Sersha was put into The Crucible and, and onto Eva's radar is Eva and Kate know each other and have worked together. And after filming Hannah, Kate had said, you really have to work with this actress. You know, she's very, she's very young, but the, the best young actress I've ever worked with. And you should try and get her to do something theatrical because she's really, she's like, I wouldn't say this about any other actress, but working with mm. Sersha on Hannah uh, was something that she was thrown back by. And Kate was like, you know, sometimes I think actors walk into things and go, oh, I'm just working with a kid or a young person. Right. Sersha's not really that young person in terms of like, she presents herself as, as the equal of Kate, as the equal of the other Kate, Winslet. Um, I mean, she as, has as many Academy Award nominations as both of them. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but Hannah really is so, so good. 
Oh, oh my god. Comfort so food. Fun. Just even speaking about it now, I'm gonna have to watch it today. Like I break that out and I think it captures I think Kate is possibly one of our greatest villains. I think mm-hmm. she can do villain work like mm-hmm. no one's fucking business. Like I absolutely did not want to see what happened to her at the end of Hannah. She doesn't live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, she dies. Right she here. dies. I spoiled you on Hannah. Actually, oh God, we should have put it because I do all want everyone to see Hannah. But I, she was so delicious, so mesmerizing. I could have just watched her forever. Do you know yeah, what I mean? No. And I feel like that. I like what she was a stepmother. What else was she bad in? What else what, was she, she bad in? Thor Rangarok. Yeah. Thor. Raiders. Oh my gosh, Helena, oh. Helena, or whatever. Indiana Helena. Jones. Oh, Indiana um, Jones and the Crystal ooh. Skull. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that was one. Mm-hmm. That was one. What's very interesting is I think her, and this goes backwards for most actors as well, her villains tend to be more pared down than her non-villains. Ooh, and interesting. I think, Talk on that more. I, I think like a lot of people tend to elevate and um, uh, make larger than life their villains. And mm-hmm. what she's really able to do with her villain work is stabilize it in this cold collective. Her villain work is so much more compressed with her mm-hmm. rather than her non-villain work, which tends to be like pretty loony, you know, like the, where'd you go, Bernadette? The, you know, Miss, well, Mrs. America, she's, she's a villain in that. Curious case of Benjamin Button. She's, she's a little more eccentric mm. in these things. And I, I don't know. Or, like, I think or something like the work. gift. Yeah, she she does. She brings this kind of when she's playing someone who's completely wholly good. She does find like little idiosyncrasies and little. Um, yeah, I, I see. What I you think mean what's about so that. scary in Hannah. I think what what makes up her villain work so good is that she seems really composed, but then you start seeing some chips away, and that makes it scarier. Like when she has to shoot someone, it really feels visceral because it's almost like she's this real person. And that's so scary because it's like, oh my gosh, you are this evil person. But like, I could, I could know you, you could really exist. And you're like, you know, cause sometimes villains, right. They have all the right moves until the very end. Like there's something about how she plays it. That's so humane. That gives it so much, is so much more scarier and unsettling to me. Totally. Mm-hmm. There's that beautiful moment where, uh, the grandma asks her if she has any children. And Kate says, And you kind of just see this uh, regret or angst or like, you know, what she did to become the the CIA supervillain murderess that she is didn't allow her to have children. It's really beautiful. I love her just when she shows us little chinks in the armor. And she does that in... Mrs. America, too. She, in the scene in the swimming pool with her daughter, you know, she shows these little chinks in her armor. Right, right. I'm watching Miss America right now, and it's my everything. I have one episode left. I'm, I'm, were you so excited when this came out? Oh, I was. To get uh, so was, many hours of Miss Kate? Well, this was right at the beginning of quarantine. So I think oh it was gosh, the first thing that I watched, like, immediately because you're like what the hell are we all doing and so i must have gotten through it in two days or something like that or no because it came out every week so i did watch it um, it was appointment weekly as it as it came out but i mean that whole cast in general but i was like wow this is this is so 
so great. And I think a great way to what's brilliant about that show is showing these real evil characters with a kind, wonderful person you like to be like, then, then to me, you get the story better. You understand Mm. the story better if you trust the actress playing the horrible part. What was that all about? I don't like your tone. You hung me out to dry. You made up a case. I couldn't defend you without looking foolish. Well, you could have jumped in earlier. If you had stopped talking. Oh, no, no, no. You just sat there. Why do you think... What? I I brought you. That LSAT wasn't a lark, was it? You're applying to law school. Is that such a crazy idea? Yes, Absolutely crazy. No, you don't think I could get in. It's not a matter of whether you could get in. I have raised six children. They're almost all grown. You are too old. Who applies to law school at 50? You can't stop me from going. Well, who's going to pay for it? I have let you run around this country with your cause. It's our cause, Fred. It's our cause. I am the lawyer in the family. Don't worry. I'm not looking to practice a state law. You made a sacred promise to me. When we were married, or have you forgotten? I've not forgotten. But you can't blame me if you didn't do more with your law degree to save our country. It's so good. Everything about it is so prim and proper. I, she is shady as hell in that show in terms of undercutting every last one of those women. <laughs> and with her villain work, I really think what we're saying is that she, she does the best display of the means justify the ends. And the ends justify you? the means, you mean? No, the means justify the ends. Ah, no, just kidding. The ends justify the means. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she does is a comp- is a slight compromise to herself. Do you know like that point where they're like, hey, honey, can you go write our notes for us? And she ju- mm-hmm. it's like she just has to bite down a little bit enough to stay in that room and keep. Right. Uh, and, and that's what's so scary is that the, the chipping of away, it's back to that thing. And, and it's just the slight look. It's just the slight kind of reposturing that only Kate can can do and tell me everything. Do you know what I mean? Like holding herself just in that second. And then when she does do that, Chips, when she – a lot of times when she's interacting with her gay son or when she jumps into the pool and comes back up with her daughter and is uh, all of a sudden starts crying because she has to do that. She has to push herself that far or, she, you know, it. the impact is so, is so much greater, I think. Yeah. Kate is one of those people, I have this after seeing Hannah this morning, who, one of those divas who, after I see her on film, I then walk around pretending I'm her for the rest of the day. (laughs) And what she gives me is this kind of, like, dignity and strength. And like Jason was just saying, like, I could endure anything if I put on, like, my Kate Blanchett cloak in my mind. And I'm wondering, like, what she gives you as a fan. Like, what is it that she... What is Kate, what's the emotion or the, the strength that she gives you as your diva? That's a great question. I would say the ability to do whatever the hell you want. I mean, she's someone who's so unreserved in her performances and in her personal life. That to me, she gives me the strength to be like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to listen or follow this, this guideline of a career. You don't have to pay attention to um, what society has created in any sort of capacity. I mean, she lives her life in a very open, unique way as well, whether that be, you know, marrying her husband after dating for what, 
two weeks or, you know, leaving film after her biggest successes to run Sydney Theater Company and to raise kids and to be like, you know, I, I could come back. So to me, she gives me this ability and this understanding that you can make whatever choice and then you'll get to make other choices later. Mm. So that you can, you know, every every option you should do because that that's what's right for you. And and she does that with her breadth of work as well. I mean, how many movie movie stars will only do huge budget things and will kind of turn their nose and, you know, create this untouchable celebrity stature where she doesn't, you know, like her work ranges from these starring roles in films to these very supporting roles and franchises, uh, Lord of the Rings to like documentary now and weird artistic things she does. There's this, there's this great video that she does. You can find it on YouTube, but it's, it's a trans singer and she, she is acting and lip syncing this as she comes out to this number and she it's it's all black and white she does this because she can and she wanted to she didn't go will this be helpful won't this be helpful will i make a lot of money from this won't i and i think that that transfers very clearly to us plebeians of societies who are movie stars to Mm. be like you also can do whatever the hell you want and then move forward from that. Right. You can write your own script if you believe that you have the, versati- the versatility of Ms. Blanchett. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, let's write our Kate scripts. Okay, let's do a roundtable of when we knew Kate was the queen. Oh, when, okay, I'm ready for the, that. Okay. Great. Jacob, you start because you're the guest. Okay, great. I mean, I knew very, not very early. So, so I grew up Where in are you Ohio. From? Ohio. Ohio, very small. I predicted town. that called, question, bitch. Yeah, it's called Galveston. <laughs> it's called my gift. Ohio. I know the <laughs> gift. <laughs> and so I used to watch movies um, only from getting them at the library and coming home and watching them on my own. Um, my parents didn't let me watch rated R movies until <clears throat> I was eighteen. So You're I would kid. no, 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 no. So if they worked on the weekends. I would make sure that I got checked out from the library, these rated R movies or whatnot, and I'd watch them. Well, one of these was Elizabeth, the golden age. This is the second one because I also used to like, yeah, I also used to love um, if anything had a sticker or was like Oscar nominated or whatnot, you know, they put the sticker that'd be like five Mm -hmm. Oscar noms. And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, well, it has to be a great movie then. This is what I'll watch. And so... That one had nominations, and so I watched that one. I had no idea that she had done the one in 98. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And mind you, I really don't like period piece movies. I think they can be, like, so boring. That's not always the case now. I think there are a lot of great ones. But I've always been like, you know, you see those Elizabethan costumes, and you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to get to this right. long movie? And so I'm watching that and like, it's like her screaming and threatening to kill people and, you know, showing all these men around her that she's in charge and, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna stop her. 
What do you know of the Enterprise of England? The Enterprise, forgive me, obviously, I'm not familiar. Two with armies landing on the coast of Sussex and Norfolk. Norfolk. Mary Stuart is to be set free and placed on the English throne, and I am to be assassinated. Does any of this sound familiar? I know nothing of any invasion. Well, I refer to this plan as the Enterprise of England. It should more accurately be called La Impresa de Inglaterra, because it is a Spanish plan. The plan of my one-time brother-in-law, your king, to attack my country. Your country? It is my country that is under attack. Your so-called piratas, your pirates, attack our merchant ships daily, and you... Why, you... You think we don't know where the orders come from? The whole world knows these pirates sail up the Thames all the way to your royal bed. You will leave my presence, sir. Go back to your rat hole. Tell Philip I fear neither him nor his priests nor his armies. Tell him if he wants to shake his little fist at us, we're ready to give him such a bite he'll wish he'd kept his hands in his pockets. You see a leaf fall. And you think you know which way the wind blows? Well, there is a wind coming, madam. That will sweep away your pride. I too can command the wind, sir! I have a hurricane in me that will strip Spain bare if you dare to try me! And the shots in this film, in particular, would always be like, zoomed out she'd be wearing like a purple dress and it would be like in the balcony the camera would be in the balcony so you see this very little purple spot in this huge castle and it was like the first time i watched a movie going oh my god all of these artistic elements make sense this woman's all alone she's so small in this one room all these men are surrounding her physically surrounding her she goes into these rooms where people are surrounding her. And I was just like, oh, that's really incredible. I felt like I understood the gender dynamics at that point to be like, wow, she's in charge of all of this in this movie. So I was like, who is this? Was, I, had no, I had no idea. And it's really Kate's skill that can hold power, right? Like, that's to me what's so... Mm -hmm. Like, that big castle, all of these men, that big purple dress. And then it's just Kate holding the camera and the power that's like, whoa, she's... I'm not worried about her. She's in charge. Oh, yeah. And I mean, she bitch slaps another woman, her, like, her lady-in-waiting. Are you with child? Yes. My lady. Traitress. You dare to keep secrets from me? You ask my permission before you fuck before you breathe! My bitches wear my collars! Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Majesty, please, dignity, mercy. This is no time for mercy, Walsingham. You go to your traitor brother and leave me to my business. Is it his? Tell me, say it. Is the child his? Is it his? Yes. My lady, it is. My husband's child. Majesty. Is that Emily Mortimer still? Is Emily Mortimer still in waiting? I don't know. She no Emily Mortimer's in the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, and oh you I said she's still in waiting. Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) (laughs) Lady's still in waiting. No, she um oh my gosh, she just like slaps her and is like, how could you like it, it's so incredible and visceral. I was like, oh my God, like she's literally... And the Clive Owen of it all in that movie, people. too. 
This is not the queen I love and serve. This man has seduced a ward of the queen. And she has married without royal consent! These offenses are punishable by law. Arrest him! Go! You no longer have the queen's protection. As you wish, Majesty. Get out! Get out! Yeah, and so uh, oh. that is when I saw and fell in love, and then, much to my surprise and excitement, there was a first one that I had completely <laughs> skipped over. Welcome <laughs> to the world, baby girl. Yes, yes. That yeah. first what about- one was mine. <laughs> that first one was my revelation. Okay. Kate. I saw it when it came out. I was completely obsessed with it. I owned it on VHS. Then I owned it on DVD. <laughs> And my old roommate, uh, Mariah, who I used to live with in Williamsburg, she and I would watch it on loop. We would watch it and then we'd be like, well, let's just start it again. And (laughs) so many lines in that movie, we would just repeat again and again and again. My favorite of all being... I am not your Elizabeth. I am no man's Elizabeth. If you think to rule, you are mistaken. So good. Just like bow the fuck down. I was like, this is my full queen. I was obsessed. That movie came out when I was about 14. I was coming out. I was like, this queen is everything. And then she lost the Oscar to Lady Goop herself. Yeah. And I was not happy. I remember weeping at this Academy Awards ceremony. (laughs) It was the beginning of Harvey Weinstein's reign of terror over Hollywood, including stealing Kate Blanchett's. (laughs) It's one of the greatest, oh, it's not technically her film debut, but Jesus, what a fucking come out. It, I think of Elizabeth, the first one, as like, it's like my Rocky Horror. I repeat the lines right before they say them every time I watch That's it. like the oh, gayest yeah. highbrow binge <laughs> thing you could do. Like, you, do you guys want to know what my comfort movie is? This two, two plus hour epic that's so densely plotted that I have oh, seen it. And it then really when I really watch it for this, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Who's yeah. the who's the who's killing who? That's... <laughs> Mine is, this is, this is, okay, Beyond Villains is where, so my real sweet spot for uh, Miss Kate was a one-two punch of The Gift and uh, Lord of the Rings. Because I, as this podcast knows, I love witcher, witchery, witcher poos. I love the idea of, like, mm, doing a spell, casting something, doing magic, but, like, powers. looking like you're doing it powers. Because Nick and I used to play X-Men on the tramp, and he's like, what are you giving me? I was like, a lightning bolt, can't you see? And, like, just by, like... <laughs> Pure physicality. That's what you sh- I should be able to produce, like what seems like a lightning bolt. And Kate can produce all the magic in the world for me. So in the gift, yes. I was like, that is what seeing psychic images look like. It is spooky. It is gothic. It is terrifying. <laughs> um, like, it's protecting it is... Hillary Swank. And, and yes. Giovanni Rabisi. Well, <laughs> kind of, oh. kind of. He then protects her. Oh my gosh, Shivers. I love this movie. Like... Watched you it know. last night. I watched it last night. I want to get into the gift of it all. That is the blonde-haired, blue-eyed voodoo priestess. I was like, Hollywood. If Katie Holmes is swimming in a tree, you are psychic, baby. You are psychic. You are psychic, but you don't quite know how to control it. But you're going to control it. Oh, my gosh, watch out. Keanu Reeves is a racist. She is so bad. And then she goes in to the, the Lord of the Rings, and she does that narration at the beginning. I could just watch a narration over and over again, which talks about darkness. The world is changed. 
I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost. For none now live who remember it. And like, oh, mm. there's something stirring in the woods. And it just gives me that kind of crack the egg on your head tingly feel. And then when they go to the woods and find the queen, or the queen fairy herself, I'm like, this is the only one that can do this, shine through all that crazy ass special effects when she tries to get the ring and she, and she's like, I, I have beat the ring. I, I just every moment. For another ring was made. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a master ring to control all others. And into this ring, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. That she does that is my thing. I mean, I'm not quite a fan of the Hobbits, but still, I've watched those just for her. <laughs> I have, I have suffered through just to see her shine her light. Um, and so, do you just fast forward to the Kate bits? I no, I've sat through them. I've gone to the theater and sat. And Kate has some bits in them. She has some real bits with Gandalf that I don't think are in the books. Um, no, magic so bits. She- yeah, with with that film, the, that film franchise in particular, she always says how much she loved it. Because anytime they'd call her up, they'd go, "Yeah, put me on as many scenes as possible." I looked great. I got to sit on a horse for all of my scenes. I didn't have to do much, and I got to go to New Zealand for all of it. <laughs> it's such oh. a bummer. The next two films of the of the rings because her role gets more diminished as the fairies have to like travel out of whatever Middle Earth. Um, yeah. and, but the first film, oh my gosh, she's, I, I would have given her an Oscar for that. I just think she is, it's such a mesmerizing, and that's the thing is that she's so mesmerizing to me. And like, when you mm. compare that with like otherworldliness, that's my Kate Blanchett. Like she, she does, it's right. like, I'm watching a movie, but it feels otherworldly to me. Her performance mm-hmm. feels grounded, but it's like lifted. She's able to like lift me to this kind of experience that I really love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's that that's my origins, and that's my which. I mean, I will say I did, I have seen I have gone to the theater also to see um, clocks on the walls of the walls of the clocks movie where she is also a witch, but it's just house, not that house great. with the clock in the walls. Ha, yep, you don't you don't like it? No, it's fine. <laughs> I, it's fine. I love witches and I love pumpkins. I have a tattoo I've, of a freaking jack o' lantern. Know, but I've been trying to get Nick to watch this because I was like, disappeared I, from. Everything. I think it. I think it is a hidden gem of Whoa, hers. Take it away, babe. Take it away. And I just, it. It's such a silly movie. I'm not a Jack Black fan at all, but I want you know I watched it because Kate's in it, and I was like, I just love this. She didn't have to do this movie. There's there's nothing like perhaps artistically fulfilling with it. Um, it's just really goofy and wonderful. And, and I completely agree with you with, with the witchcraft. There's something very exciting about uh, watching her with supernatural abilities. Mm. This one's kind of fun because she plays a kind of broken witch. Literally her like umbrella wand is kind of fritzing and she's scared to use it, right? So she's a little... Right. She's a, it's like she's a little more tepid about her abilities, which I found but very she, exciting. And she's also, I mean, she reads Jack Black throughout that whole movie. She's always like, 
throwing snide comments at him, like talking about like how much she doesn't like him and, and whatnot. And, you know, this little boy that comes into the house um, to, to fix all this. It's like they're fight a fighting aunt and uncle. And it's so funny because she's so, she's so on her high horse about being the one with the abilities and being the witch. And it's so, I, it I just seems really like one find of those movies fun. that, it seems like one of those movies that the celebrity made maybe for their kids. You, you know, when you can tell they're like, oh, you did this because you have kids and your kids are going to fucking love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can we go back to the gift? Sorry, I just feel like we just touched on the gift and I need to go back to the year I mean, it's its own gift. episode with that cast. Oh, fuck. I know. I was like, we should do a whole The Gift episode because that movie, there's a moment in that movie Down. where she is wearing pajama pants, a t-shirt, and like a v-neck mohair sweater. It's crazy. Wait, have you ever seen the trailer, the original trailer for The Gift? No, what is it like? It is Bedlam. In a small southern town. Oh, baby, the podcast. Mama, the locket. I ain't got any left, though. In the quiet heart of Hatcher County. It's about this time last year his daddy passed away. He's still real messed up over it. There are no strangers. You're not that Wilson is a fortune teller, are you? I don't call myself that. You think we'll live happily ever after? There are no secrets. What's the matter? You see something bad? And the only thing more unusual than a disappearance... We got to the end of the road in our investigation. We looked under every rock there's to look under. Is there anything you can tell us at all? ...is that the only witness... <laughs> ...wasn't even there. I can read for you absolute bedlam you watch it and you go what the fuck is happening in this i mean it shows so many things and it's not clear what the movie's about at all and it's just flashing all these celebrities and you're you're kind of like what is this is like it's very confusing it's so 90s it's dark it's grainy uh it does not behoove the film in the least (laughs) but it's definitely worth watching that two-minute trailer to see how they sold that at the time. She's giving me Sissy Spacek in this movie. I'm like, she's coming for Sissy's crown. And here's my thing. Hannah, they turn into a TV show. I would like them to turn The Gift into a TV show, and it could be like Kate Blanchett's Murder, She Wrote, where she is just the <laughs> psychic in this town, and she solves a new crime every week. Thoughts? The Gift, the gift Whisperer. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, starring... Um, uh, who who would it Jennifer start? Love Hewitt? Yes, <laughs> yes. No, it yes. starts Kate. Kate just gets to like shoot this fucking series, and she has to do eleven seasons of it, just like our Angela Lansbury did. And then you know <laughs> she enters that kind of stratosphere. Can I pitch that to her agents? You should pitch it. I think she's always up for anything. Well, I think the gift is something. I think people shit on the gift or kind of consider one of her less thans. What is another one of yours that is like one of Kate's? maybe not a celebrated works, but you really love it. I would have to say curious case of Benjamin Button. Explain. Which, which is, I have complex feelings about the movie because it it's too long. Number one, it's terribly boring yes. in parts. Yes. Um, I don't think the 
acting is great across the board and they sold that so much as Brad Pitt, who I think is kind of a mid-level actor in terms of like the excitement to watch. But she in particular for that, um, again, is mesmerizing for a um, for, for a pretty plain character. And someone they they really have to sell in the movie as plain and getting older and on a normal human trajectory while he's going the opposite way. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, at the end, like they make her look so terrible as she's dying. Is um, she like dying and holding a little Benjamin Button baby? Or no, wait, <laughs> is he? I think yeah. he's like in a wheelchair <laughs> or something oh. at the end, but. But is he a baby? Does he know he becomes like he looks like an old baby? What does he look like? (laughs) She's a ballerina, I remember. I remember I was like, oh my gosh, Kate's an 18-year-old ballerina. That's oh yeah. yeah, They put her face, they put her CGI face onto an 18-year-old's body, like pirouetting around the room. (laughs) It's wacky, that movie. And now I'm like, what happens? Does Benjamin become an old-looking baby or a baby? Because he's born a baby. Grandpa, right? They're like, Whoa! Yeah. okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Wow, we all have to watch this. I now I'm really wanting to watch Benjamin Button. I think I think so it's good to watch again. Um, I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but I wasn't the biggest Kate Blanchett film that uh, fan then. It's worth a rewatch now nowadays, especially because oh, geez, who are the other two actors that got their start? And it's become Taraji P. Henson. Uh, Yes. Uh, uh, And uh, Marhashala. Yeah, Marhashala Ali. Yeah. And, you know, very, has come under a lot of controversy because they were paid close to nothing for that film. And she has, uh, Taraji has spoken out about that. The fact that these, these two white celebrities were paid millions of dollars and I think Taraji was paid $40,000 for the entire And film. got fucking nominated for an Academy Award for exactly. it. Um, so it's a controversial film, but I would say rewatch it again and see, and see what you... Come there for her. Can I answer yeah, the same question, her. Jason? Whoa, sorry. I just looked... Yes, you can in a minute, but I just looked... <laughs> this is so <laughs> weird. I, just, I wanted to get into this real quick her filmography of some of my blind spots. And it's... <laughs> this is so fucking weird like i don't know i'm on some i'm on some fucking microsoft being like I, my google keeps they keep like i have a virus where i can't like look up my google and so this might just be related to it but i think it's under wikipedia but it says like how old she is and then it says her height and it says five feet nine inches and then in parentheses it says <laughs> same as anthony hopkins who put that in there who put that in there as her biography who did Everyone that? Same as Anthony Hopkins. What is happening? <laughs> That's oh my gosh! I think I just uncovered something. I'm gonna yes. What are um, you gonna okay. ask me, babe? I want to answer the same question oh, of what yes. other films people might not know about. Yes, babe. After me my because obs- I'm the fan too. Um, after <laughs> I saw Elizabeth, she came out with like boom, boom, Oscar bait, Oscar bait of Charlotte Gray and Veronica Guerin. Yeah. Two great movies about a lady's first and last name at the same time. <laughs> I was there for both of them on opening fucking day. I was like, Oscars for Kate, let's go. Do you love those movies? I do. I, uh, I like uh, Veronica more than Charlotte, no doubt. But I think that's because she's... Doing a fun accent? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, she and, does fun accents in both of them. Sure, but I think she's a little more grungy. Mm. And, I, and I like that. I like that unpolished. She looks like she's having fun. Like, you'd want to grab a beer with her in that movie. With Veronica Guerin. Veronica Guerin's one of her... Uh, I don't know if I would say, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, one of her rare every woman roles. Uh, you know, like, I, I where she's not, a, she's not a queen, she's not an elf princess, she's not an assassin from the CIA, she's just like a lady with kids. Okay. And I would also put notes on a scandal in that There we go, pile. plug, plug babies, let's plug this real quick, that's right, she's oh, yeah. very so everyday woman. On the woman. Patreon, Jacob <laughs> is staying at the end of this episode, <laughs> we're only talking about notes of a scandal on the Patreon, so if you want to hear that hot fucking tea, <laughs> you have to give us $7 a month. Yeah. Go to patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast. Yeah. Yeah. To join us for that. No, notes on a scandal. Yes. Didn't I say that? Did I say notes from a scandal? Of. of notes a scandal. of a scandal. Oh, notes on a scandal. Oh, yes. Yes. Shit. Because Judy okay, well, is straight up taking notes. Let's, you just have no <laughs> idea. She just keeps taking notes. I didn't know. <laughs> but I just think it's Veronica Guerin is one of her real every woman. Like you said, like she's just at the pub. She's just like uncovering murder in the media. She's being a reporter with some children. She's playing soccer a lot. She's hanging out with Brenda Fricker. Yeah. <laughs> God love Brenda Fricker. <laughs> oh, Academy Award nominee Brenda Fricker. Well, there's, I, I light guess. Light of my life. Gosh, look at you always trying to be better than the boys. That reminds me, you know. Or a day, oh God, I don't know how old you were, and you were out in the street playing football, and the ball went over the wall to old man Clancy. Remember him? Well, he was a very dangerous man, and very violent. But the boys did nothing but you, bold as brass. You marched up those steps, and you just knocked on his door. I'm scared to be Jesus out of me. You didn't show it. That's your thing, isn't it? You don't show your fear. You know, Veronica, sometimes it's wiser to let the crazy old man keep the ball. It is. And sometimes it's braver to just walk away. Well, I got the ball back, didn't I? You know exactly what I mean. Every woman, I, she also, in truth, the one with Robert Redford, She's very much an every woman in that. What She's is a that? She's a journalist. She plays Mary Mape, Mary Mapes, um, which is investigating Truth? George Bush's military service. It's called Truth? It's called Truth. Do you know what it would take to fake these memos? Mary. No, this is important. It would require the forger to have an in-depth knowledge of the 1971 Air Force Manual, including rules and regulations and abbreviations. He would have to know Bush's official record front to back to make sure none of these memos conflicted with it. He would have to know all of the players in the Texas Air National Guard at the time, not just their names, but their attitudes, their opinions, including how they related to one another. He would have to know that Colonel Killian kept personal memos like this for himself in the first place. He would have to know how Killian felt at the time, particularly about his superiors, and then First Lieutenant Bush. He would have to know or learn all of this in order to fool us as you assume he did. Now, do you really think that a man who takes this kind of time and precision then goes and types these up on Microsoft Word? Our story was about whether Bush fulfilled his service. 
Nobody wants to talk about that. They want to talk about fonts and forgeries and conspiracy theories because that's what people do these days if they don't like a story. They point and scream. They question your politics, your objectivity, hell, your basic humanity, and they hope to God the truth gets lost in the scrum. And when it is finally over and they have kicked and shouted so loud, we can't even remember what the point was. I've never um, even seen that movie. I know Lions for Lambs. She's not in Lions for Lambs. No, that's Meryl, babe. No, oh. this is this has um, this has Robert Redford, Topher Grace, Elizabeth Moss, Stacey. Wow, this Keach. was real straight to video. I'm finding it. Oh, she has that right. She wears that blonde wig in it. Yeah, and so oh. she's she's a reporter, um, and that's a pretty good one as well i'm sure you've seen like gifs or memes of her from this movie which she's like on the phone because she looks like a crazy woman <laughs> uh, but I need to, that's a blind spot for me shit true yeah all, and all about uh george bush era journalism right 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 so it, it's great i th- i feel like she was nominated for some awards it it didn't end up getting nominated for an oscar uh but it did get that's like Veronica Guerin. She got a Golden Globe nom for that, but not the Oscar, which yeah. I think is pretty fucked up. Yeah, I think so too. Wait, how close was that? Where? Let me see in her filmography where that was. Truth is like 2015, so it's it's. No, I mean, it, I mean, in terms of where she got her Oscar, her first one. I'm always her first intrigued. one is like 2002, Four. right? 2004. 2004, which I've never seen all of. I only fast forward to the Kate scenes. I was oh. like, I'm only going to watch these Kate scenes. I'm not watching the rest of the three hours of this Leo yelling at people yeah. nonsense. Veronica was a year before the aviator. Wow. So the aviator, I mean, as many people say is, is like the, that weird Oscar she got, not for that performance, but, but for, for all their misdoings. For Elizabeth, yeah. for Veronica, I mean, all those that happened before The Aviator, and you're like, what? This is what you gave her an Oscar for? You're not extending enough on your follow-through. Follow-through is everything in golf, just like life. <laughs> Don't you find? <laughs> Saw your Scarface picture. Violent. Realistic. Movies are movies, Howard, not life. Now the stage. The stage is real. Real flesh and blood human beings right out there in front of you, buster. Can't look away, can't munch popcorn. That would be rude. Do you like the theater? No. Oh, I adore the theater. Only alive on stage. I'll teach you. We'll see some Ibsen. If the Republicans have an outlaw at him by now. <laughs> You're not a Republican, are you? Couldn't abide that. How did you uh, vote in 32? Well, I didn't. You must. It's your sacred franchise. I know. It's so bizarre. I mean, I would have given it... I mean, obviously, I would have given it to her for Elizabeth. But also, Babel. So good in Babel. Oh, yeah. I was going to say this... Um, I haven't seen all of her work and I know you've had uh, diva lovers on the show who are like, I know every last thing. Uh, but part of what I do with Kate in particular is I, I love her work so much that I have saved things because she goes <sighs> off radar for a long time. Mm. And she's also talked about leaving, you know, not doing any more films with her, with her kids, moving to theater. And so if you have these 10-year spans, I want to be able, five years in, to watch something I've never seen of hers and pretend that it's from now. 
It's that- new. Which ones have you saved up? I love this. Oh, I've saved up a, quite a couple. I uh, I've never seen her fir- her first one, Oscar and Lucinda. Or yeah. Oh, that's a good one to say. I haven't seen Paradise Road. I haven't seen I haven't seen The Shipping News, but I also didn't oh. like I I started watching it and and just didn't like I this Kevin Spacey, isn't it? Maybe yeah. it's past its prime. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> you should listen to, there's a great podcast called This Had Oscar Buzz, and they mm-hmm. have a great episode on the shipping news. Okay. And that's kind of, you can do that instead of watching the movie, because then you'll get all the back inside knowledge on it, because they're really smart. Yeah. Do you know what I would rewatch is Bandits, because I that was when I remember her like being funny and not knowing that she could be funny and kind of do this whole character. Like, I don't know. She like I remember her like doing something with like, um, you know, washing dishes or something. She's like spraying that. Remember when you used to be able to oh, have yeah, like yeah, a yeah. hose dancing on the, the dishwasher thing? Mm-hmm. What the hell was a hose called? Was it called a hose? A hose for dishwashers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like the, the, the attachment in the kitchen. Yeah. When your mom redid the kitchen, she got that thing to spray. She got a hose, but your... is it just called a hose? Is it called the spray know. hose? It's, it's sure. It's called a spray. Battle a spray Angels, top. let me know. I'm freaking out. What is that? <laughs> no one really has that accoutrement anymore because it's not that needed, but it's really a fun thing to have in your kitchen. And she Especially plays with it. Especially if you're going to sing and dance with it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to rewatch Bandits. That's what have I Have we seen Little Fish? This movie she made, it's her, it's a it's an Australian movie with her, Sam Neill, and Hugo Weaving. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it's okay. Listen to the logline: A woman trying to escape her past becomes embroiled in a drug deal, oh. also wearing an iconic blonde wig. So I mean, that and could a, be on your and list. a nose piercing, <laughs> oh, and a nose piercing. <gasps> She's so versatile. Talk about versatile. This was my other real big Kate Blanchard, which happens to one. I'm just going to in here is the I'm not there. Uh, Yes. Yes. Let's talk about I'm not there. Bending performance elevated that film to just about everything I ever wanted. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fire and black and white. She's the only thing. She's the only person who's ever made me like anything about Bob Dylan. Oh, (laughs) what about John Baez? Uh, Joan Baez, yeah, I like the Joan Baez parts. I mean that that film in particular is is also like artistically brilliant. Ben, I I love Ben Wishaw as well. Oh, he's but, so great in that movie. Um, but yeah, she it's uh, Heath Ledger's in that as well. It it's really great. Again, underrated because I think it was a little too artistic for people's like mainstream temperaments. Um, but really, really incredible work. I left the theater after seeing that pretending I was Kate Blanchett. It was one of those times. And I also think this is going to be controversial because the Swinton Hive is going to come at me, but I think she should have won the Oscar for that. Mm. Swinton? Uh, you know, I, Tilda. I, I'm a Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Um, for uh, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. For yeah. wiping out her armpits and the bathroom toilet. Yeah. I want to watch that I'm a big now. fan of of Tilda, but I admit her Oscars is worthy as as Kate's Aviator Oscar. Tilda should have won it for that that one with um, where her kid is a murderer at school. Oh, we have to yeah, talk, about, talk Kevina. about Kevin. Yes, um, it's all it's all fucked and fucked. Yeah. God. But wait, wait we wait, should wait. be running I the Oscars. Don't... That's why we should have just done. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is I this is the problem. 
we can't get too far in her work. We really have to talk about manifesto. I mean, let's I talk about manifesto. Give us, the, give us your manifesto. Give us your manifesto and manifesto. Because I don't, I don't think know. we could. Okay, babe. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has seen this, but in 2015, I think, um, mm-hmm. manifesto is this project she did with a film director named Julian Rosenfeld. And it's 16, uh, 16 different seven minute videos of Kate Mm-hmm. All as different characters, ranging from giving a eulogy at a funeral to a handmade puppet maker to a kindergarten teacher to a homeless man uh, to this uh, choreographer, and they uh, they played this as an art installation at the Armory in New York City as well as other places around the world. But I went to see this at the Armory, and and for those of you who don't know, it's it's a former drill hall. It's huge. It takes up an entire city block. Mm -hmm. And inside the drill hall, they had 16 uh, movie screens, legit movie screens with a bench in front of each one. And they were they were laid out in a way that you could see around the room, see some different screens, not all of them, etc. And the way this film is, is they're all different scenes happening and you can pay attention to the one. But then they all sync up. They're all different artist manifestos and they all have the same exact playing time. So about like three minutes in, she looks directly at the camera on each performance Hmm. and recites the artist's manifesto and then goes back to the scene, not looking directly at the camera. So if you're in this space with all 16, you'd look around and Kate Blanchett as 16 different characters would be looking straight at the camera in a monotone voice, repeating that particular artist's manifesto. No more retrospection, no more futurism. Everyone silent, open-mouthed, miraculously illuminated by the vertiginous light of the present. Unique and electronically sensitized to the upwardly moving eye Forever renewed, yet forever the same. Let us honor the avant-garde. Let us love our unparalleled century. Our egotism is now supreme. Our confidence unswerving. In my glorious isolation, I am illuminated by the marvelous incandescence of my electrically charged nerves. It was so spooky it's the greatest fucking art installation i have ever seen in my life and one in i mean they're all so good you can actually watch them for free on julian rosenfeld's website under his Mm. projects he lists them all you can watch them separately there's one in particular i i just rave about because the things she says in it are so ridiculous she's playing this uh funeral eulogist and she's standing there and she's like screaming at these people in the audience. A piece of her villainography. Yes. They're mourning a body and she's she's talking about, she she has this line, she's like, you're all idiots. Yeah, you're all complete idiots. Made from the alcohol of purified sleep. You're like your hopes. Nothing. 
Like your paradise, nothing. Like your idols, nothing. Like your political men, nothing. Like your heroes, nothing. Like your artists, nothing. Your religion, nothing. No more painters, no more writers, no more musicians, no more sculptors, no more religions, no more republicans, no more royalists, no more imperialists, no more anarchists, no more socialists, no more Bolsheviks, no more politicians, no more proletarians, no more democrats, no more bourgeois, no more aristocrats, no more armies, no more police, no more fatherlands, enough of all these imbecilities, no more anything, no more anything, nothing, 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 nothing. Before I come down there among you to tear out your rotten teeth, your scab-filled ears, your canker-covered tongues, before I rip off your ugly, incontinent, cheesy little dick, before all of that, we're going to have a great big bath in antiseptic. And we're warning you, it's us who are the murderers of all your little newborn babies. <laughs> I mean, what if we just like completely went batshit and made that our made that our for the girls mantra? <laughs> if we said it at the beginning Rip of every episode. Rip off your cheesy dicks, girls. No more political parties. We're a stamp podcast for. Yeah. It's I I mean it's it's a really remarkable acting project she did, um, and from that, at uh, I I had gone like the opening weekend at the Armory. And uh, she had signed, you could buy the signed posters that she oh, had shit. done and Julian had done, and they had them from each. Um, and so in my living room, I have the poster of her in the one where she plays a drug addict rocker. So she has like this heavy eye makeup, yes, short black hair. Black. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, and the, the poster, it has that particular manifesto, which is... Um, all art is fake it says on mm. it and she has signed it and julian the creator has signed it uh and it's it's one of my favorite things that i have it's good just because it's like very jarring to look at this picture of like kate blanchett and it says all art is fake <laughs> yes i mean if I, you love kate what's better than just a bunch of kates all in one room staring at you sorry we also can't uh, continue without discussing what I would consider the seminal gay work of. Oh shit! Ms. We almost Blanchett. got through without doing Carol. Ms. Carol herself, Carol. the ultimate Ooh. Christmas movie. Carol aired. I might add another Todd Haynes. Carol aired <laughs> joint. Talk about talk about your Mrs. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Right there. <laughs> shit! Another Todd Haynes joint. Todd Haynes, who I've worked with. And well, is a very well, nice well. Man. Mm. Um, I also watched this last night and I have to say I watched it after I watched Blue Jasmine like as a double feature and it's crazy to think about Carol aired as Jasmine stroke Jeanette there's like a lot of weird high society overlap going on mm-hmm. but what a fucking movie I know. she and also both, should have won the Oscar for I, this and, I, and in, both, if I, in both of those movies I was like I would have never done that to my husband no matter how bad he was I would never 
give up my wealth. And then in that, I would have stayed in the closet to have that house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shut the door. Shut the damn not, door. Not our Carol aired. No, nope. she jumped right uh, out. I, it's, it's I mean, such... I would have jumped out to get rid of that kid. So I think she did make the right <laughs> choice. Yeah, she did have a really annoying little ugly daughter. In <laughs> yeah, it's such a such a great film. And definitely, like, when you guys had originally scheduled this before Christmas, being like, it's a yeah. Christmas movie, there are people who will argue that it's not. I know. And I will, honest to God, say that I was like, that's my favorite who, Christmas movie. It's such who bullshit, Who are those people? It is people who are like, it's a little dark for Christmas. I was like, Christmas is dark. Heterosexuals. <laughs> Oh, turn off this podcast if you don't think Carol's a Christmas movie. Yes. Throw your phone into the sea. How dare you? She, my favorite scene in that, and there are many, but my favorite is the first time she sits down for the lunch with Therese, Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't look at the menu and gives her, again, martini order. <laughs> It's Again, a different and another icon. She, no, there's an olive in it because an she's olive, like right. versatile. Yeah, yeah. She's like, and then it's just so funny because she keeps cutting Rooney Mara off the whole time. So, what kind of name is Bellavent? It's Czech. It's changed originally. It's was... very original. Well, and your first name? Therese. Therese, not Teresa. No. Therese Bellavet. It's lovely. And yours? Carol. Carol. And two dry martinis. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. I'm sure you thought it was a man who sent you back your gloves. I did. Thought it might have been a man in the ski department. I'm sorry. No, I'm delighted. I doubt very much you would have gone to lunch with him. Oh, your perfume. Yes. It's nice. Thank you. Harge bought me a bottle years ago, before we were married, and I've been wearing it ever since. Harge is your husband? Mm-hmm. Well... Technically, we, we're divorcing. I'm sorry. Don't be. It's such a great scene because she's like trying to like completely control the conversation. She's not letting her get in a word in edgewise. And then once she does, she's like, she has that line about like, What a strange girl you are. Why? Flung out of space. Such an amazing way to put it. And such an amazing description for Rooney Mara to have for her character, too. Rooney Mara, who's also excellent in this movie. Yeah. I think they're about to do... They're in that new movie together. Um, Oh, yeah. They were just shooting it, which looks like Carol Part 2. She's also wearing a red hat. She also has a fucking fur on. I was like, don't toy with our emotions. (laughs) What the fuck? It's Carol Part 2. Yeah, but I listen, mean, have you yeah? heard about the new other movie she's going to be in? Nightmare what? Alley? No. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. What is that? It's a, it's a Del Toro joint. It's, the premise is an ambitious carny played by Bradley Cooper with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist, Blanchette, who is even more dangerous than he is. 
this podcast. Insert that into my vein right now. This is the this is the Carol Part Two one. That one's Carol Part Two. This one is. Yeah, if you look at all the all the the, the shots, as she has the same exact wig. You know, they're all Ugh. pictures taken in the snow. I'm looking at this picture right now of her smoking a cigarette with leather gloves on, and Rooney <gasps> Mara is there. Rooney has a great wig in this. Um, Nightmare yeah. Alley. I love a name Nightmare called Nightmare Alley. Alley. Oh, I can't wait to go down the Nightmare Alley with Miss Kate Blanchett. Fuck. I mean, I can't, like, this whole, like, big dominant dyke energy that she has in Carol <laughs> is so fucking sexy and beautiful. And that sex scene between the two of them, ugh. Yes. I know and people Sarah constantly Coulson's refer to that movie as cold movie. and distant. I feel like that's the main critique of that film is that like it's kind of bloodless. Oh, I mean, I just I I couldn't disagree more. And that scene where she finally says to the beautiful him I am for coach, you know, coach from Friday Night Lights. Oh, I am here for coach Friday Night Lights. Coach Taylor. <laughs> when she looks at coach Taylor and she just says, "Now, I'm no martyr. I have no clue." what is best for me, but I do know and I feel it in my bones what is best for my daughter. Now, I want visits with her, Arch. I don't care if they're supervised. I just want them to be regular. You know, there was a time when I would have done almost anything. I would have locked myself away to keep Rindy with me. What use am I to her, to us, if I'm living against my own grain so that's the deal i won't i cannot negotiate anymore you take it or leave it but if you leave it we go to court and if we go to court it'll get ugly and we're not ugly people oh, no we're not yeah <laughs> that's such Fuck. a good line can you imagine saying that in your life? Going, I, even just say, I am not an ugly person. Like, the, I how would bold never you have to, to be say to that, say that. To the children, <laughs> that would. Blessings. But also the part where really she's kidding. like, I, she just has such self-possession for a woman in the 1950s trying to be a fully out lesbian. And then to like get her fucking apartment um, she's like everything that Jasmine is not. She like leaves her husband. She's like able to get that apartment on Park Avenue. Like, she gains autonomy. her lover. Yeah, she gains autonomy. And that beautiful last shot of Therese choosing her and her like leaving it with her that she realizes that she is chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to turn on the Carol soundtrack today as I walk through the fucking terrible snow in New York City and just bring my big Carol aired energy with me. Just protect me. You know, yes. if Kate was a singer, this would be a greatest hits album I would buy, Mama. Like, I would buy and, be, and have really fun on every track. Do you know what I mean? Like, of all mm-hmm. the movies we've kind of gone through, it to me is like the great. It's like, you know, I, I, there's so many divas I like, but I don't always want to put on their album, their movie movie albums but this i'd be like yes let's rip let's rip elizabeth <laughs> let's rip hannah you know what i mean like i'm yes. it's what she gives is so exciting and very like, like, like and then carol who is gonna who's gonna get the Merrill crown like kate took it she got it in 1997 she hasn't let go of the Merrill crown she's been since. 40 for 20 years 
Mm-hmm. The only person who will steal it from her will be Sersha, who will be the next Kate. I really think that that's wow, like the, that's the, right. the white cinema queen lineage. <laughs> that is our yeah. wasp heritage right there, babies. You pass it's... that wasp crown off now, mama. <laughs> okay, what is the ideal project, next project you want to see her in? What is it? What's I, your dream? Yeah, I, I thought about, you, you're talking about like a third act. Yeah, what's, yeah, okay, or yeah, yeah. a fifth act or seven. Yeah, so so I, t- I took this to heart and hear me out, but I think her next act should go the route of Glenda Jackson and she should be a politician. Oh, fuck. I think she's like such a great humanitarian and she has so many humanitarian causes. Like for her to be like, peace out i'm running for the assembly in australia wow would be like whoa goosebumps goosebumps all over right she's still so young that like she could come back in 20 years and you'd still be interested in her work fuck yes but like i'd love to see her do, do like do something large politically to get more attention I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's, it's a different reason why, you know, Australia's mm. not as fucked up as when Glenda Jackson had to run in the UK. But, <laughs> oh, I, but that I'm would be, so I'd love to see that. by this idea. I want to see her play Hamlet. I want her to do a female Hamlet on stage. And I want her to do a Marlena Dietrich biopic. Okay. Those are my two. Jay, what about you? Well, I say this a lot, but um, with Bandits, when I realized she could do she could be doing comedy and with blue jasmine i mean you know it's blue jasmine why it's so great is because she's so fucking funny in it because she's so constantly elevating the the drama with her her pitch perfect timing uh which Mm -hmm. we know and and that and that is classic 48 woody allen every actor who's on woody the set they're like he does not direct he's not an actor's director he doesn't really care about how you he doesn't tell you and so that all comes from her that's all of her instinct right so I would love just to see her. See, I, 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 I haven't seen Where'd You Go, Bernadette, but I don't think she's supposed to even be that funny in that. And that seems like such a misfire. I don't know that I want to. Uh, but I want. But so I would love for her to do more comedies. Just get I'm a real good leading role where she gets to well, be she like. She was supposed to do the Lucille Ball biopic and she's no longer doing it. And now. thank God for that. Wait, yeah, she was cast before Nikki? No. Did we already talk yeah. about this? Yeah. She was cast uh, yeah, before I'm happy Nikki that's kids. a no. Listen, I, I'm not a fan of like, really big people playing other Me really either. big people. Me it either. didn't go well with the aviator in my opinion. And they should reserve, you know, I think films about legendary people would survive and thrive and do so much better if you cast them with new people. There are talented new people oh, who yeah. can do it. I feel that. Mm-hmm. And then and I then the movie doesn't go through scrutiny before it's a movie. Or you do something like, or you do something like Bet did so brilliantly by do, with the rose that it is about Janis Joplin, but it's not actually about Janis Joplin. You make kind of a composite right. of something so you can talk about it without people being like, "Oh, you didn't do Janis's numbers justice." She's like, "Well, I didn't. We just wrote a whole bunch of new songs." Yes, and I think that'd be yeah. a tricky road for Kate to go down. But you know, oh, it won that's... Renee Zellweger an Oscar, so. Maybe not. That's true. And it won Marianne Cotillard that Oscar, too. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. We need to do La Vie en Rose. Mm. 
Yeah, we do. We need to do a pee off episode. I mean, really. Um, okay, I think it's time, Jacob, for our historic final question, which I'm going to give to Jason to hand off to you. Great. Oh, you keep. I'm going to give it to you to hand off to because I've been doing them. You do them. Babe. Oh wow. Okay. I'm going to hand back the telephone line. Okay. Honey. <laughs> well, I'm going to hand you back the you typewriter. Have... How about that? Now, there's you a have... there's a whole lot of stress around this question now. Someone has taken a, uh, a new kind of typewriter and given it to you. It's a voice-activated typewriter. So you can't take anything back. You have to just speak. Stream of conscious as it comes to you. And the only person who will receive this message on a special day, whenever she decides to listen to it, is Kate Blanchett. And you have a few minutes to say anything you want to to Kate. What do you say? What is... Oh... I wasn't prepared for this question. Good. Um, I would, I would, I know I would not say that I was a fan. I'd say something like. You can just say, talk directly to her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miss Blanchett, this is, this is Jacob Plummer. You <laughs> have no idea who I am and I know you, which might be creepy. However, you know, that question about five people you'd like at a dinner table, dead or alive. You're still alive. I'd love you at my dinner table. Here's my address. I'd love for you to swing by. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> You're like, I, I just I had, have a My moment. fantasy was that you're going to be like, Dear Miss Kate Blanchett, my name is Jacob Plummer. My address is... Da, 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 da. I'm very invested in snail mail. Would you like to correspond with me? Like, make it a real legitimate... And then you I, do give... And then well, you do give your address. Like, just sit at her table with your round table of dead or alive people. Yeah, mama. That's... I feel like if you say, here's my address, will you correspond? That seems a bit like I'm incarcerated and I'm writing. I need, I no, need you like just a want her at the dead, dead alive ta- famous table that you're hosting. Correct. I like that you didn't tell her who else was yeah, coming. Yeah, who else is at so the table? So she might be enticed by the surprise. Maybe it's just yeah. her. Maybe you're like, I, I canceled the other four. I'm tricky like that. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to invite her and four of her manifesto personalities. <laughs> yes. Could you imagine? I'm inviting you and Carol Aird and um, Elizabeth the first. Elizabeth the first will be there. Bernadette. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. the lady from the clock, the house with the clock in its walls. Correct. I'd like you all to come. Yeah. So that, oh. that's what, that's what I would say. Oh God. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for diving deep into the luscious and versatile waters of Kate Blanchett. Of course. My pleasure. I love talking oh, about Kate. Such a treat. I'm so glad after two years we were fit, finally able to do this. If yes. we could go out on one Kate Blanchett monologue from a, something we haven't talked about yet, can you think of what it would be? I, I would do something from, something from Manifesto, particularly the kindergarten, the one with the kindergarten teachers. There's something so good in there when she's talking to kids. Well, stay, um, come meet us over at the Patreon, everyone, where we're going to get into all the notes on a scandal, touch the hem of Judy Dench, get into more Kate Blanchett with Jacob Plummer. Uh, we, we love, love you, you Battle Angels. Be stay magic. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thank stay you. Strong. Thank you. Okay. Class, is everyone listening? Now, nothing is original okay so you can steal from anywhere that resonates with inspiration and fuels your 
imagination. Okay? Okay. And you can devour old films, new films, music, books, paintings, photographs, poems, dreams, random conversations, architecture, buildings, bridges, no trees, cloud formations, bodies of water, you know, even, even light and shadows. Now I want you to select only those things to steal from that speak directly to your soul. Alright? Now if you do this, your work and your theft will be authentic. All right, now authenticity is invaluable, okay? Now originality is non-existent, so don't bother trying to conceal your thievery. You can celebrate it, you know, if you feel like it. But in any case, I want you to remember what Jean-Luc Godard said, all right? All right. It's not where you take things from, it's where you take them Two.